to the No BS Short-Term Rental Podcast, an unfiltered look into the global vacation and short-term rental industry. I'm Mateo Bradford. And I'm John Stokinger. And this is our podcast. We bring the right people to the table at the right time, giving you an inside view and take on the short-term rental industry like no other podcast can. Good morning. Another week here. Mateo, how are you? Man, I am fantastic. I am fantastic. I'm looking forward to this week. How are you? I am, I'm I'm super good. Uh, we made it. We did, did. It. ten episodes. This is the tenth one. I love it. Every week, I love it. every week it's growing. Like yeah. last week's episode, more first week visits and than any of the previous ones, yeah. and we still have three week, three more days, full days, or two full days before our next one. So it's growing. It, yeah. It's doing exactly what we plan to do. And I'm super stoked about it. Yeah. No bullshit. Short-term rental podcast is mm-hmm. here to stay. Yeah. Um, the other thing I, I wanted to, and we never really talk about business, but if you're liking this podcast, mm-hmm. please leave a review, share it with your friends, tell everyone about it because we're, we work really hard on it. And this is a side gig for Mateo and I, but it's a passion project. Again, it's, this focus is on culture. The focus is on news and uh, speaking in, in current cultural topics. And speaking of, we have an amazing guest today. Mm-hmm. Robert Geller, founder of Fab Stays. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Welcome. welcome. The, uh, the, the timing is right. And a lot of things are, are coming out in the news. And, and, and normally we, we, we talk about what, what happened in the week. And I, and I really want to just quickly touch on that. Um, and then we're going to go ahead and, and learn about Robert's story and, and talk about some amazing things that happened in the news this week. Uh, but one thing that they kind of uh, expose almost that came out that I wanted to briefly touch about, um, Bloomberg had an article called Air or Bloomberg Business Airbnb's mm-hmm. nightmares, and um, it was kind of gut wrenching. And and did you get a chance to read it, Mateo? I did. I did. And I, I know. I know. Robert and I were talking about it before you jumped in here. It wasn't necessarily. Um, it definitely shed some some uh, a negative light on on some things that are going on. And and we're we're not want to dive too much into it today, but more want to just talk about it because it is a it just happened. And let's come back um, maybe next week and or the week after and and have a, a more in depth um, yeah. talk about it. But what did you you know briefly what 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 did it bring to, you, to attention to you? Just what perspective from the outside industry with the outside in you know it, it's a different perspective. I think we get tunnel vision um, in terms of our access because we live in this space, but. <clears throat> it's a gap that we're going to have to talk to, especially because of where we're going as a country and the things that are happening in our country broadly. Um, you know, there's issues that, that happen in our industry that have happened in our industry forever, but this style of hospitality faces a different concern. Right. And now where we're at, where we're at with COVID and cleaning and we're going to have to have some serious conversations about, you know, as we professionalize the industry, as hosts and, and professionals continue to to come together, what this means for us and what it means for the guest. Because at the end of the day, 
that's what matters, right? We can write all these articles, we can, you know, take everybody's opinions, but feet on the ground, what what guests want and what guests need and what guests will take is what only thing that really matters at the end of the day. And whatever happens, just not to get too deep into this, um, we're going to have to change how we operate in a lot of ways. I, I just want to put it like that. And, and I do want to delve more deeply into this, but you know, again, I don't want to take away from where we're going today. I, I think this is an episode in and of itself as, as we discussed. Um, so I'll save my rounds for that, but <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a lot of, it's going to be a lot of interesting conversations coming out of this. Um, well, let's yeah. also just, you know, I'm going to add my two sentiments and you can, you know, when you bring this back up, but it's almost something that's indicative of the shared economy, you know, yeah. even outside of hospital, um, short-term rentals. I mean, it's something that's sadly, uh, that comes from the shared economy. And it can, you know, if you look at, you know, ride sharing as well. So it's definitely something as a society that we are becoming more aware of. Yeah, I, it, it, yeah, yeah, I agree, it, and it's and it's it's interesting because there's such a because of the shared economy, because of the short-term rental space, because of vacation rentals, and in, in in the limelight that all of this has been, you know, in the front and center stage that this has taken recently, and it's just getting more and more in everyone's face more and more of this stuff is going to come out, unfortunately, as well. So it's like, how do we deal with it? And how do we pivot as a, as an industry? And, and, you know, Mateo, you said it right. How do we professionalize this in a way that isn't, um, isn't basically burying it? You know, how do we go ahead and actually deal with it correctly and not just, and, you know, not just looking at it with dollar signs on our, on our glasses and in looking through that lens, but how do we deal with this appropriately um, which I think, you know, leads to let's leads to today's topics. Um, yeah. You know, we have, you know, the founder of Fabstays, Robert Geller. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us, you know, how you how you got and tell us about Fabstays, why, why it is, why it became a thing. And, and let's let's chat about it. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, first, my pronouns are he, him, his. And FabStays is an LGBTQ plus uh, accommodation platform. Uh, we actually look at it more as uh, inclusive accommodations uh, mm-hmm. is where we're at. And we're really fit in the space, in, in the short-term rental space, of a niche platform. And you know, I'll, have, I'll, have, I'll be asked by people that, well, you know, there's the big OTA, so why, do, why would you need to exist? And a niche platform is, is not something new, uh, whether it be... Uh, Fem B&B for uh, women solo travelers or Nuwa B&B uh, catering to black travelers or Muz B&B or, or Bring Fido or you know whatever those those niches are or At Ease for uh, military ah. travelers and housing. Um, so Thank you for that shout out, by the way. You got it. You got it. We're going to stick together. I mean, there's, there's a lot yeah. in the space of niche platforms. Uh, so I usually like to, I like to get that out there because I'll I'll sometimes be confronted with like like why how come and aren't you know why don't you, isn't there already these big platforms and there, there's something to be said about niches and you know that where, they, where we all of us collectively can address the needs of that particular niche and really you know when I, some, if you look at the number one concern of travelers and this is beyond LGBTQ plus. And, and that is safety. You know, we're all concerned about safety and when, when we're traveling. And safety t- 
takes on a different meaning and it looks differently to different travelers. Safety is going to look different to a black traveler. Safety is going to look different to a single female traveler. And safety looks different to an LGBTQ plus traveler. Just some examples there in the different and how it might look. Um, and, and unless we're in those shoes of those individuals, how are we going to know? Right. Um, I mean, I can speak to what I don't know. I mean, clearly I'm a, a white cis gay male. Um, and I can speak to, to that experience. Um, and, and so that's a little, little bit of background on, on, on the niche piece of it. Uh, for me, I got into this as an Airbnb super host. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've been hosting since 2014. Um, mine was, ironically enough, as our conversation started off, um, in the home sharing. And so for me, uh, I had a two-bedroom, two-and-a-half bath condo. And my guest bedroom was my short-term rental on Airbnb. And I was confronted with, um, you know, just, I mean, giving great hospitality, I'd like to think of where my guests would check in. Uh, I would ask them, how was their traveling? How was their flight? Um, then, you know, get them all settled in, share with the guest some of my favorite things to do when visiting Tampa, Florida. And then inevitably... Just in casual conversation, um, I would be asked a question, benign, totally benign, and that question would be, what do you do for a living? doesn't sound like it's, it's not a loaded question. Well, right. just, me, just casual conversation, you know? Just, yeah. yeah, the weather, your flights, right. you know, things to do, what, what do you do, do for a living? Yeah. Well, for me, I... Well, I owned a gay travel company. It was called Outings and Adventures. I had it for 10 years. Still, the, the brand is still out there. And here I am, confronted with a stranger, a foot and a half away from me, standing a foot and a half away from me, in my home for the next three nights. How do I answer that question? And this is like racing through my head. I'm like, I was like, dude, give him an answer. Or give the person an answer. And that's just going through my head. And, and, like, and, and I would be confronted with that every single time. And it wasn't so much that... I, that I ever had any issues with any of the guests. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even though I'm thinking to myself, I'm thinking to myself, is their jaw going to hit the floor? What are they going to, am I going to get a deer in the headlights kind of look? Um, right. Am I going to be uncomfortable in my own home for the next three nights? Um, I mean, all of that, I'm, I'm getting all worked up. I'm getting, I'm getting all worked up, you know, mm-hmm. in this, in the, in that space. And, um, so sometimes I would, I would just, I wouldn't say anything. Other times I, I would be my authentic self. Uh, but I realized, I, I mean, I was being confronted with that all with every guest and I'm like, wow, um, this isn't cool. This anxiety I'm getting every single time. What, what mm-hmm. else, is, you know, who else is experiencing this? And, and it was important for me when we were creating fab stays that our narrative was coming from a place of improving the travel experience for both the guest and the host versus our narrative was not, thankfully it was not, I was discriminated on Airbnb, so I started this. That was not our narrative. It was more of how can we take out that this pain point that we were experiencing? And, and at least I was. And then so then then from there, and you have to apologize, I get kind of excited and talk kind of fast. Oh, no good. apologies needed, man. <laughs> Look, man this is this is we're talking culture, we're passionate, we know how it goes. There's no BS here, man. So BS. I love it. I absolutely love that, like how you 
this was started in a way to, to give both comfort, not only to the traveler, because usually it's the focus is on how do we fix, you know, how do we go ahead and cater to the traveler, but you're catering to the host. You're, you're, mm-hmm. how do you give that comfort level on both sides? Both and sides. I absolutely love that about that, about well, this whole platform and, and why you started. Well, well thanks. And, and so, but from there, I'm like, well, am I the only one having this experience? So then I, I just started asking online and then I started, I looked at a thread on Twitter where someone was um, had a, from, from the LGBTQ plus community that had a bad experience with their host. And then I saw on the thread, like people are asking, well, why don't you have a rainbow flag on your listing? And then, mm-hmm. and, then I was, and I'm looking at the thread and I'm seeing Airbnbs answering, like, we welcome everyone. And then basically what they were saying was, well, if you don't have a rainbow flag, that means you're not welcoming. And then... So we're going to have an Asian flag. We're going to have a black flag. We're going to like, where do the flag stop? So I was none of that was actually said, but I was just reading this between the lines. I thought, like, well, there's an opportunity here. But then I, I then put together a survey monkey, and I was started asking questions online, and then stories were being shared with me from travelers and hosts all over the world, and they were simple stories of travelers saying that they would say in their message to the host my partner and I, and it was kind of like putting a little bait out there saying, okay, how are they going to respond to my partner mm-hmm. and I? And then another one said to me that they would look at, they'd look at the listing, try to get any, any clues from the listing or, or from the language in the, in the listing. Or, or one person told me that their profile picture had a rainbow flag behind them. So they didn't have to say anything. So just their picture said it. Mm-hmm. Um, or there was that host in Portland who shared with me, she had received a message from a traveler, and all it said was, I'm trans. And the person didn't invest, didn't want to invest any more in the conversation because they've probably been shunned in the past, and right. that's all the message had said. Mm-hmm. And, and then there was Vesna in Australia when she shared with me that she had same-sex travelers. Um, they said they were friends. And she's like, I know they're a couple, but I went along with the charade. And she said, I felt horrible because there's this great gay bar that my niece and I go to. And I wanted to share that with them. And mm-hmm. I thought I thought that I could improve their travel experience and I couldn't provide them that information. Right. How do you breach that topic if that olive branch isn't already put out there right. in, in the form of a platform or a niche market? You know, it's hard. Exactly. Well, and I think it's important to point out why, too. Right. Like in, in the why in this space. Right. Because there's a reason right behind this. Like all of this is coming from something. Right. Like and to take your experience. Right. Like in the African-American community, there was green books. Right. Because it had to it had to be underground. Right. Like in it, it wasn't a whole lot of guessing. Right. If you were going to take it, if you're African-American or not, unless you were like extremely light skinned and could pass, but you didn't have those issues. But you actually, you know, you had to have green books that were and if you want to go back and take it like to the Underground Railroad and things like that, like there's a legacy of. But why were these even in place? Because people couldn't be who they were, weren't accepted for who they are. Right. And let's be very clear, it was dangerous for them. And you didn't know you know, where you were safe and where you were not. Right. So just not, not to take over your space of like, but oh. to fill that out, like, yeah, 
it's a huge issue that I don't think a lot of people, I think a lot of people think this is, oh, this was so long ago when these things happened and it was so long ago when they needed, when we needed this. And it's really not. Well, to your point, Mateo, actually, in our community, we have our own book. We had our own book, too. So that's where I was going. I was going right. to ask. Like, did yeah. that, I, I didn't know if that you know, existed. We, we have okay. a book, too. Uh, yeah. actually, we had multiple. There was one called The Damron Guide, one of those Spartacus. And it was the same okay. thing. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, um, you know, we, we knew that we were, there was safety in that. And, and, and the interesting to, to this that is on the other side is I'll hear hosts say, well, I don't discriminate. I will, well, I've actually unfortunately I've heard I don't discriminate to get anybody's money. And that's <laughs> not I don't think I don't think that's how Marriott got to be their side with that. But but, right. but I'd like to think that, you know, if we add a little bit of context, if, they, if if the host is saying I don't discriminate, if I get that, but it's not about you. It's about the LGBTQ plus experience. It's about the black experience. Mm-hmm. It's not that you don't discriminate. It's like we're I mean, sadly, we're taking with us all of our all of our baggage i mean all of our experience and for us in the lgbtq plus community what we were what we're looking to alleviate and and take out of the equation is really what what really fap states boils down to is we want to take away the coming out experience right us in the lgbtq community we each have our own coming out experience whether it's to family whether it's to friends whether it's a new job whether it's in travel I mean, we relive this over and over again. And so our opportunity was to take out that coming out experience and remove that from from the tra- from short-term rental uh, booking and traveling experience. Right. right. And, and John, this, we were talking before we well, started, started this episode, uh, something in the news. The coming uh, out experience. Yeah, yeah. talking Which about is, coming this, out experiences, yeah. This hits on it, you know, just yesterday. Yeah, that Carl Nazib, he's uh, with the Raiders. He's an mm-hmm. active player, and um, if you haven't if you haven't watched the video, um, just just Google Google Carl Nazib N A S S I B coming mm-hmm. out. Um, and it's a great. I, I think he put it on Instagram. It was a great, you know, like just a couple minute uh, oh, video. Yeah, 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 you, you can't miss it. But mm-hmm. holy heck, wow! Yeah. I, I got chills. I actually, I'll be honest with you. I couldn't finish it. I thought I was going to like break down in tears. It was, I mean, it was, it felt, it was so heartfelt. And if you're a member of the LGBT community, you know that experience because we have all done it, not on that, on, on a stage like, like he has done, but we all are experiencing, have experienced it. And then even to hear him say that he's been wanting to do that for 15 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that just hits on what we experience in the LGBT community in coming out. Um, it, it, it's amplified, but we, you get to see that in a very personal level. So, Robert, like we were discussing, too, like I, just going to kind of show the ignorance that's out there. Right. Like even in my experience. Right. Like when I heard the news, I was like, wait, hold up. He's not the first gay football player out there. Number one, as someone who played football through college. Right. Like, I, I, again, but I think it, it, it for a lot of people that are straight, not narrow like myself or just straight, period. First of all, you, we can't understand the gravity and the weight of what coming out means. Right. From, you know, and, and this is from I've talked to my nephew about it. I, I, I've grown up differently coming from Portland, in a different space. So but I'll never be able to understand what that weight is and what, what that is like and, and and how momentous this really is. 
Um, but I get bits and pieces of it because I know what the football environment is like. I know what those lo- those locker rooms can be brutal. I, you know, in in out in in on the field, in the locker room, in those communities. I, I get that. I get that part too. And I think that's what's so substantial about this to me is that he again. I didn't know he was the first yeah. active player to do that. Um, so shout out to him for that because that's uh, that's crazy and. and- so amazing, and I apologize for cutting off. There's that mm. impact on the LGBTQ plus youth out there yeah. thinking to themselves that where do I fit in or where are I mean, LGBTQ plus youth have a suicide rate twice, twice their peers. Yeah. I mean, for them to, I mean, I'm not going to get choked up, but just for them to have this role model, I mean, it's just phenomenal. I mean, we've had athletes come out on, on the Olympics after the Olympics, or there's been football players that were that had not, I guess, gone to the field, but maybe in the draft process had come out. I mean, mm-hmm. to have someone on the national stage like that and his message, it just like again, felt so heartfelt and genuine. Uh, it was mm-hmm. not someone that was okay. How can I, you know, get out there and, and make some, some noise? It it just was just spot on to happen this week during Pride Week. Like mm-hmm. I guess it's, it's Pride Month, but this is like the right. week, and then this right. is the upcoming weekend. Um, it is it is monumentous, yes. You know, and, and again, yeah, I think that the impact of that, right, is because again, like this, the statement is the first part, right? And the, I don't think what people what people really have to understand is that it takes the courage to make the statement because now you have now now that now it's not in the closet anymore, it's not hidden anymore, it's not. Hey, I think this it's it's there. It's verified. I'm living <clears throat> who I am, right? And I'm committed to this. And the courage it takes to make that statement, and then the other part I don't want to get lost either is you know the ability to also use his position to make it better for others too. In the donate, he made a hundred thousand dollar donation, right? Yeah, to the Trevor to, Project to to an organization that is helping people in need in similar situations. That you know, need that help and support. And so like, that's the part about it too. Like we can successfulize it. Like, Hey, we're talking about first and all these other things, but the amount of courage it takes to do that strength, it takes to do that. I don't think, I, I hope does not get lost on people just because they don't understand or can't relate. Right. Like I, I hope people take the time to really look at, at, at the impact that this has and understand why this is a big deal. Well, and, and, and I'm excited the fact that there's there are youth out there, there are LGBTQ plus youth out there mm-hmm. that are seeing this, and I, I know I, I know it is making a difference in their life that in the last 24 hours just to see that. I mean, I just remember when I grew up. I mean, I didn't have that. I mean, there was there was no role model like that. I mean, so I, I'm just that that thrills me. I mean, we'll never we'll yeah. not, we might not see that. Maybe maybe we'll hear some stories, but to know that that is actually impacting LGBTQ plus youth right now is pretty amazing. Hey, Robert. Yes. When, when did, I, I know pride month or pride week's been a thing for a while and, and I don't want to call it just a thing in, 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 in downplay that that's all what I mean, but it, every year it gets bigger and bigger. When, when do you know exactly when it started? I'm sure. uh, yeah. So the anniversary of the 50th anniversary was wow. Last year or the year, the year before uh, okay. of of, uh, of Stonewall. Um, so, mm-hmm. and then I think San Francisco's fiftieth was supposed to be last year, and then Stonewall was two years ago. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it's uh, 50, 50 plus years now. Um, and, and 
something that I wanted to share with you that I have not told you yet, uh, which is oh. cool uh, with Fab Days that aligns with Pride Week. Um, this week, it, it, it will be in print on the newsstands on Saturday. It will be in digital this week prior to Saturday when it goes on print. But Fab Stays will be appearing in the Wall Street Journal. Oh, wow. Oh, All right. Nice. That's right. Congratulations. You, hear, you heard it here first. First. Yep. First. Yep. <laughs> That's awesome. awesome. They're doing a story on inclusive accommodation platforms mm. and to align with a Pride Weekend. And so that will be in this weekend's uh, Wall Street Journal Saturday issue. I can't wait to read it. Me too. <laughs> now I'm looking forward to reading it too, but that brings up something I would love to talk about, right? Going back to the niche circle, Robert, you and I yeah. live in this world, right? Um, you know, in, in niche hosting platforms um, and sites. What, what's the lesson in this? You know, and I think about this a lot. What's the lesson in this for the bigger platforms, right? Like what, what can they do, right? Like we're not going anywhere in, in this space and, I think our success is driven by our ability to do things authentically and, and to really specialize in the demographic that we focus on, right? Yeah. I know they'll try, right? And not saying that they can't do better than what they're doing in this space, but I don't know, and I'd love to you know kind of dig in this with you is like, what do they do? How do they get this? You know, are they, you know, again, are they going to, is it, how do you, is it, is it part of the larger culture of the organizations? Cause you, cause you can look at the platforms and you can look at how they're set up corporately and, and they look great. Right. And I'm pretty sure they have, you know, a, a bit of diversity that, that focuses on, you know, in internally as an organization, but how do they do, how does that translate to their customer experience? Right. And can they do better? And how do they do better? And what does that look like? Yeah. Well, interesting enough, I had presented Fab Stays to a representative at Airbnb. Mm -hmm. And it was actually before we had a name. And we happened to be at a conference. And I said, hey, I want to share with you this concept. And the person was like, wow, I think this is incredible. Um, and they also happened to be in the diversity inclusion um, department over at uh, Airbnb. Um, so it's interesting. I mean, you know, they, of course they have the dollars, they can put out an amazing pride video, you know, that will blow off budgets that we will, you know, I will never see. Um, and, and, and they can fund projects like they did. They, I think they funded the uh, San Francisco gay man's chorus and they did a movie. Um, so, I mean, those are things that on a smaller platform that we're just not going to have access to, but our smaller platforms, our niche platforms, I mean, we are embedded in the communities that we serve. Mm -hmm. I mean, we are on the front line. We are that community. We are living, breathing it. We are interacting. I, I almost think to the point where the platform is, is, is secondary. It's the community that is the first piece. Mm -hmm. and, and if you look at any of these niches, that's where the strength is. It's yeah. in that immersive being i mean not only being in the community but i mean i'm experiencing it every day and and i'm sharing the um you know my hosting experience and i'm meeting with hosts so it's 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 it, it's such a different I, I would think i mean when you get so big 
you're so removed from from that front line and, mm-hmm. and seeing what we're seeing uh, in the niche space and all of our niches and the communities and the relationships that we're, we're building uh, within them versus just throwing dollars at it. Well, and that and that's what I was kind of getting at too. Like you know, it, it's great. I, I don't want to take anything away from the support in that space, but it is does it have the effect of what they're going to want to do, right? Like I said earlier, the 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 result is, does it bring people to your platform? Does are people again, that's great. You 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 sponsored the chorus, you sponsored this part, you sponsored this, you sponsored that. What does the consumer think? What does the customer think? You know, what does the LGBT, you know, plus traveler think, right? Like in this space. You know, and again, oh, do they do they care? Like at the end of the day. Because, you know, while I think their issue is they can't focus on one thing, right? Like we clearly see they don't want to focus on one set over the other. So how do you broadly do this? And can you broadly do this is, is the question in which I think we're seeing in our space is it's a challenge. And again, if they can't do it, somebody else is. That's right. where we come in. Yeah. I mean, I think as a brand perception, I think they have mm-hmm. a very positive image within the LGBTQ plus community. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, I cut it, it comes down to the individual hosts. I mean, Airbnb can be whatever, and, you know, be whatever their brand is going to be, but it comes down to the individual hosts. And I almost look at it. I remember this example when, when, remember when Starbucks shut down for a day, uh, for, they were retraining all their employees because there was, yep. there was an episode, I believe it was a, a, the coffee shop incident yeah. with their guy, with the guys that they kicked yes, out. Yeah, uh, I remember uh, that. Uh, yep. was, I believe it was two black gentlemen. Yep. And, um, and and so I, what I what, if you the, the takeaway on that is you can do whatever you want on the corporate level and your message can be whatever but it's the people on the front line that are making the difference that are interacting with the guests so on the short term rental it's us as hosts and and it's us giving great hospitality no matter what Airbnb is saying it's what are we doing on the ground with us actually connecting with guests. Yeah. That's where the difference is made. The interesting thing. And let's thing, be clear. I, and let me put this out there. We're not just picking on Airbnb, right? Like right. I'm talking okay. about all platforms, right? Absolutely. Because while Airbnb is good in some spaces, you know, there's other platforms that we don't know what they do, right? Like, <laughs> you know, I mean, maybe they threw a flag up on something and they feel like, oh, okay, well, hey, this is what we're, we, we, again, I just want to, we're not picking yes. on Airbnb. Yes. You know, I, I wanted to make sure that question is broad. And that well, goes actually, across all platforms out there. Well, well funny enough, so. actually, I spoke, well, I met with Booking.com mm-hmm. as well. And I remember them sharing with me that they used to have a pride flag. I mean, you could, as a host could check it off if mm-hmm. they, you know, but they ended up removing that because everybody checked it. So, uh, but as it kind of loses its uh, effectiveness if, if it's on every single uh, listing. But yes, it, it is something that applies to uh, all the different OTA platforms. Yes. All right. Robert, I have a question for you. And if we're talking talking about Pride Month and and we're talking, we're we're just talking about throwing a Pride flag up, okay? But I want to, I want your input on what you think that you know. First, every major marketing campaign, every firm in the world that is that has money has made an LGBTQ plus positive marketing campaign for this month you can't as when when you're when you're watching the television everything is pride 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 i want to know from you as 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 a person in the community what your thoughts are on this do you think it is authentic or do you think it is just 
trying to capture the the pride month and and you know and, and this kind of goes back to that niche compared to or in the niche market compared to you know someone with actually boots on the ground is someone to just kind of go ahead and how are we going to gobble up this this the shares and what are your thoughts on that well that, that that's um yeah i definitely have my personal uh feeling on this one uh you know marketers are looking at uh a segment just in travel that's been $220 billion a year on travel. So, um, you know, it's a segment that they're going after. Now, we, 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 in the LGBTQ plus space, you know, we'll call it rainbow washing. And that's when brands will put up a rainbow. Um, I, I recently posted on LinkedIn, I have my pride message up there on my LinkedIn profile. And I then put in the comments, okay, brands, so what happens on July 1st? You know, where's your support on July 1st? What are you, what are you doing then? And I was ta- I've talked to other marketers, you know, uh, uh, whether it be uh, the months that are dedicated to others. And, yeah, um, there's definitely a degree of rainbow washing. I mean, when is it actually authentic? When does it feel that way? I remember one, like, one that felt real for me was, Lego. I mean, when Lego came out with their Pride uh, toy kit, um, I, I posted that. I remember someone saying rainbow washing, but I didn't, I didn't feel it. And that, that one just felt so generous, especially a children's toy. I mean, a toy that I feel like it's like, like educational. I mean, in that, in that instance, that just, that for me felt real and authentic and, and putting something good out in the world that people could actually interact with their hands and, and the teaching and the learning that could go with that. Um, versus everyone putting a flag on everything, I I have a little bit of a knee jerk reaction um, when when I see certain campaigns. They don't all seem real. They don't seem genuine. Um, well, heard- it's definitely it's the same with you know Black History Month. It's the same with you know every one of these months you're talking yeah. about. You know every every marketing. You know they. The marketers are are psychologists, you know yeah. that that's their job, and you know and and how do you go? It's it's interesting. It's 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 interesting to me, and and I'm curious to you know I appreciate your your insight on it because um, I felt from the outside looking in that it definitely doesn't seem legit. It definitely isn't necessary. There are certain ones I that that seem more authentic than not, and some just seem like uh, you know what what can we snag from this? Yeah. And it's some of it feels that way. I mean, uh, I mean, there's a rain, there's rainbows everywhere right now, yeah. and uh, and it, yeah. Um, so I mean, I I kind of question when I see it. I wonder what is your corporate culture? What are you doing for your LGBTQ yeah, right. yeah. employees yeah. internally? Yeah. Uh, are you walking the walk? Are, are you yeah. providing uh, healthcare to the your transgender uh, employees and individuals? I mean, so. Yeah, I, I think we as individuals, no matter what our niche is and what our what our month is, I think we're all looking at it like, okay, what what's authentic, what's real, uh, versus everybody jumping on the bandwagon, and what happens on July first. Yeah, it's a double it's a double edged sword for sure because you know for so long you know communities you know marginalized communities have been asking 
for you know the the, the support and you know the, it's cool I, like it, from someone on the outside looking in i like when i see a company hey for this month they changed their logo to a rainbow flag whatever that logo is nike came out with some a special edition like you know pre pre shoes that are like i was like those are dope i I'd, I'd even wear those um, but you know, it, but if you went deeper, like, look, they went through all, they, they give you a cut, like they have a little flag that you can actually take off and all the different, I didn't know there were multiple flags. Uh, so they actually went down and broke down all the different flags that you could actually put whatever one represented you on the shoe. So like things like that, that, that you can tell thought went into it. You can tell yes. it wasn't just, you know, an ornamental gesture. Um, to, to kind of placate the masses and say, oh, well, look, you know, we're socially responsible in, in this way. You know, hey, we threw some dollars at it. I think you hit it the nail on the head. What what happens on July 1st like, or, or for the rest of the year, right? Like, what do you do as a company? What is your culture like? What do your employees think? You know, what do your customers think, right? Like at the end of the day, because I, I think it was always enough to just say like, oh, well, we did this. You know, don't you see what yeah. we did for this? Are we just or... checking boxes? Right. Or are we actually doing things? And it kind of goes into, right. you know, you know, those that, that know Mateo and I, we um, were both on, you know, different uh, DEI uh, subcommittees. So we're, you mm-hmm. know, Mateo's is uh, a Verma co-chair for the, you know, subcommittee uh, of uh, DEI. Mm-hmm. And the, so this, you know, inclusiveness has been a forefront of, of what we've been doing for or trying to t- talk about and promote in our space for a long time. And, you know, a qu- you know, conversations that we've had not on, you know, LGBTQ plus, but just in general um, is, you know, are, are you as a company feeling like CEO in different like high level spots, but by just checking boxes, like we need to go ahead and get someone in here uh, to to have a more uh, diverse um, management team and a more and you see this across you see it in sports you see it in you know in in everything okay we need to go ahead and have a person of color we need to go ahead and mm-hmm. go ahead and make sure that we have a woman we need to go you know these are all unfortunately these are check boxes mm-hmm. you know in mo- I'd, pro- I'd venture to say in most circumstances it's check boxes. And who are those companies who's actually, you know, invested in making a more diverse culture for the employees, a more diverse culture for the, you know, the travelers to see. And and obviously now we're back into just the, our space, but it's a, it's a, it's a fine line. It's a double-edged sword. You call it whatever you want. It's we're going to be talking about it for a long time and and we need to keep talking about it. And for a lot of people, this episode is going to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, and we're okay I, with that. We want it to be. Because <laughs> it boils down to the why. John. Like at the end of the day, right, if it's a checkbox, then the results, there, there won't be change, right? Because it stops there. Or, you know, it was hot in the moment. But when the next news cycle came up and something else came on, you know, again, the, the conversation diverted. Right. So like that's where I think now with the visibility that, you know, companies have more visibility now. Right? Before this was a matter of, oh, we have to do this because it's essential to our company. Right. Like, hey, we need to be able to show on our sheets that we've you know, got this right. The checkbox thing. But now that's just not enough. 
you know, you, 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 we've seen incremental progress to the point where you're not going to hire, you can't hire people, right? Like you're not going to be able to keep guests. And, you know, it's, it, it goes back to kind of like where we were talking about, like the whole origin of like where cancel culture comes from, right? Like at the end of the day, people were, people did things because they were afraid of the backlash, right? And that was actually a tool to, that actually pushed progression forward. Right. But what it didn't do on the other side of that and why people are so pushing back against cancel culture now is because I think cancel seems finite. Right. Like cancel, you're done. You can't learn. You can't get better. You can't change. And that's the missing part of that conversation. But the reality is it's it was prevalent because it forced change. Right. And it's maybe not the right kind, maybe not the right way, but it right. did force something into that way because it forced people to do things that they were not open and willing to do prior. But they had to, whether it was the economic pressure, whether it was the pressure of their own HR and their own teams or whatever, or the internal pressure of, of what they had to do. And I think that's why we kind of get the, the kind of mess that we have right now where there's pushback against things that have been forced on people without really knowing why. And then kind of doing the ornamental things with not following up and building progressive cultures that actually make sense to people and understand why these progressive cultures are important to our communities, to the companies and to the people that they serve. And it's, you know, you know in the, here in the short term rental space, I'll have hosts, uh, property members reach out and they'll ask, how can I be recognized as inclusive? Mm-hmm. And I, and I think it's you know it's a great question, um, and I also think and I'll, I'll share some information on that. But I'll, I'll also hear from people that and, and I try to convey it that if you have family travelers, let's say you're in Kissimmee near Disney, you're probably going to have themed rooms and you're going to have, you know bedrooms and you're probably going to have toys and and if you have business travelers, you're going to make sure that you have great Wi-Fi and a desk. So it's about hospitality and anticipating the guest needs mm-hmm. and. So in, in, in the LGBTQ plus space, you know, I'll have to ask, like, what can I do preemptive? How do I get that message out there that I'm, I have an inclusive, welcoming space? And, mm-hmm. of course, the first thing is join Fab Space. But then secondly, if, if – <laughs> Number one. If, right. right. If, if you're not on, that's fine because we want to share information. We want an inclusive, welcoming world. So we're going to – of course, mm-hmm. we're going to share information. And, and one thing that the, an individual can do um, – just on your profile, where there's the information as you as a host, having your pronouns, um, that 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 little piece is actually sending a message that that you get it, that you're you're. I want to say that you're progressive, but you understand that others might not fit into a, a specific uh, gender. So that putting your pronouns out there is just kind of putting your guest, especially in the LGBTQ community, at ease and saying, okay, I can be myself. This person is being their self. I can be myself. Right. Um, I, I find that that's a, a very big benefit in just putting that simple little thing on, on a profile. Of course, we can put LGBTQ plus welcoming. I mean, I have that on, I have that on my profile that I'm a member of the LGBTQ plus community. Um, I have seen where images of your listing, where one image is... It doesn't necessarily have to be a rainbow flag, but it's just an image 
let's say all are welcome here or, 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 or mm-hmm. uh, you've probably seen some signage, but just, you know, something, it, it could be general, but it's just saying, hey, this is a, an inclusive, welcoming space where you can be yourself. And we've all seen the different signs. Uh, I've found that has been a, a, a benefit as well. Um, and, and I have heard on the flip side, I have heard hosts, um, especially LGBTQ plus hosts, where they've put on their listing rainbow flags and they've, and they've put LGBTQ plus messages. And I have heard that that is that their, their bookings weren't as good. So you want to make sure that you're, you're appealing to a broad market, especially if uh, you're on a, on a broad platform. Um, but these niches allow you to go more specific. But putting the pronouns, maybe having a, a, one of those images, uh, sharing a welcoming message or inclusive message, uh, those seem to resonate quite well. Great, great points. Um, I, I want to get, we're, we're getting towards the end of our podcast here. So I, I want to, um, two quick things. I, I want you to definitely give us a, 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 a wrap up here for us, but I, I did want to quickly ask you, um, you, know, you told us that, you know, you came into this space as, as a way to go ahead and, and be welcoming, you know, nothing went ahead and, um, negatively impacted you go, I need to go ahead and build this. You know, mm-hmm. this is, this is the reason because these negative things happened to me and, and happened to my friends. It's more of a, I want a more welcoming um, for both the traveler and the host to make a more inclusive um, and easy to, to navigate um, this business. Did you have anything, you know, a negative at all happen to you? Like, you know, because you are out as a, the you know pioneering this fab stays in this niche market. Yeah, I mean, sure. Um, you know, we all know social media, and we all know the trolls and how people can hide behind their keyboards and things that will post on social media. Um, I mean, I'm active in um, short-term rental groups on Facebook, for instance. Mm-hmm. I'm not always met with op- open arms. I mean, mm-hmm. they're there are people that will comment and they've not been positive. Um, but in a whole, in general, it, it has been extremely positive. But there's always going to be, mm-hmm. you know, there's someone out there that's hiding behind the keyboard or, and just uh, doesn't get it. And, and, mm-hmm. and that's okay. You know, that, that, I mean, I'm not looking to change every single person out there. I'm not looking to change anybody. Um, I just, we have a great message we want to share. Uh, and, those allies that's really what it comes down to yeah. um, you know we are not we are not a gay platform you'll know this message is coming from a white gay cis male we are an lgbtq plus platform and it's important to all of us that our message is getting out there that everyone in the lgbtq community is welcome along with our allies because no movement moves forward with, without those allies well, and I, I think you bring up a good point, man. Cause, and one thing I want to bring up before we get out of here, too, is like ally is a verb. Right. And so like it, it, to be an ally is, is a verb. It, it requires action. It's not just it shouldn't be thought of as an, in an adjective. It's just in that space because you say you are. How do we speaking specifically to our industry in our space? Right. That in certain, you know, isn't always the most progressive, but has good people that oftentimes, you know, want to do better, oftentimes, you know, want to ask questions, want to to learn more. Some don't. And, you know, that's fine. That's their prerogative. That's their choice. But, you know, how do we encourage 
you know, the hosts that, you know, maybe behind the keyboard uh, and just don't know. Right. And just don't again, it, it, you know, maybe they come from a place where this isn't the norm and maybe they just haven't had exposure. Maybe they, you know, again, are just come from a different experience, which we know, like, how do we, and I know this is a broader question, but how do we do better in, in terms of addressing the needs of, of, of those travelers and specifically these travelers in this space across our industry? And, you know, specifically to what we do in, in the short term aspect. Yeah. Well, well, you know, it, it's it's a learning process for all of us. And it's first is having the will and, and the desire to want to learn. I mean, I'm learning. I, I've made mis- mistakes. You know, I, yeah. I may have mispronounced somebody actually. Mm-hmm. And I have. And I've and I've I use the term I mean, let's take a piece, transgendered. And it's, it's not you know, there's no ED. It's not like you know, I, remember I was schooled on that. And. You know, I learned. I mean, I, I it, it's it's evolving. I mean, we we see it, in, um, you know, non-binary. So it's 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 continually to evolve. So it's wanting to be wanting to expand our mind and to learn to be open to that learning. I mean, even and I I, I just use the the point that us in the community are learning and it's evolving as well. So it's being open to that. And and there there's some great resources out there. And, and even in each community, there is is typically. Um, a gay lesbian chamber of commerce it's called the NGLCC, the National Gay Lesbian Chamber of Commerce. Um, that's there's branches in communities all over the world. So there's an opportunity to see what businesses and what resources are, are in your local community for the LGBTQ plus uh, traveler. So when they're visiting your destination, there's some great resources that that that, that they could utilize uh, in your in your area. It's awesome. No, that's awesome. Great. Thanks. My pleasure. Well. This has been the most fabulous episode ever. <laughs> it is episode 10. <laughs> this, it's been enlightening. I, we're, we're super stoked to have you as a guest. Thank you so much, this Robert. And, and I, I hope that our, our listeners um, check out your website, check out some of these resources that, that you've gone ahead and mentioned. And, and everyone that is listening just just open up your hearts and open up your minds and and let's make this and we together we got this you know you know ally great great wording ally is a verb we mm-hmm. are allies of 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 the lgbt community plus community we are allies of of all of this and, and we're we're super super stoked to have you thank you so much robert it was great thank you for having me Oh, no, wait. Lastly, I'm sorry, but I didn't want to say Wall Street Journal. Yeah. Yeah. In Wall Street Journal. I know. This weekend. Awesome. Big news, man. Congratulations. Thank you. Appreciate that. And should your listeners have any questions they want to reach out, you know, please do. I mean, we're we're, we're, we're all in this together. We have one shot at this, Uh, we're in it together. So if I can help anyone or assist in any way, don't hesitate. And same here. If, if we can help you or in, in, in the community in any way, what's, you know, shape or form, please let us know. We're, we're here to help. Fabulous. Awesome. Thanks, Robert. Thank you, Robert.